The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two is underway here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will uh, get our buddy uh, Dr. Dennis Drell back on. Because as you may or may not have heard, ladies and gentlemen, the Republican Party has abandoned repeal of Obamacare. As a matter of fact, uh, this is what they have devolved into over there on the Republican side. They are, uh, they are either trying to team up with Democrats to fix, Ob- to quote unquote fix what I believe is unfixable, Obamacare. Uh, or they're going to team up with Democrats to come up with a new socialized medicine model. But that's it. And the Democrats are in no mood to help. They, they have every intention of letting these Republicans fail and flail. I, I think Susan Collins rather enjoys the Democrats being in the majority as does Rob Portman, as does John McCain, as does Lisa Murkowski and Shelley Moore Capito. They're more ideologically aligned with the Democrat Party, don't you think? I think so, too. Now, look, I, we, we've talked about this. I don't want to say it nauseam because I think it's an important conversation to have and continually have. And many of you have already stumbled across this, and maybe maybe I'll tell you guys about it now. It's on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, and it's pinned at the top. You guys remember we had a listener. They came up with uh, a fake donation to the f- in honor of all the fake repeal efforts of the Republican Party of Obamacare. So they sent in the show the show donation to match the show votes for appealing Obamacare. And along that same line, one of our very creative listeners here on the program came up with uh, a divorce decree. Let me read it to you. Again, if you want a copy, it's pinned at the top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Just type in The Chris Salcedo Show. You'll find us on a search of Facebook. Uh... In the matter of the union between Robin Cox, that's her name, voter, petitioner, uh, and Republican National Committee and all affiliated congressional entities, quote, respondent, decree of divorce and public notice. Now this 28th day of July, 2017, otherwise hereby known as the day the Republican Party wretchedly failed the American people, whereas, number one, Petitioner is a faithful voting citizen and resident of the United States of America. Number two, respondent has, within the last eight years, increasingly lied, become untrustworthy, committed betrayal, lost all integrity, practiced deception, has not faithfully executed sworn oath. I think all of those apply to John McCain, don't you? Uh, back, Back to this. Number three, whereas petitioner has been Faithful since November 1979, 38 years, and participated in every election since then. The only possible reconciliation to be considered 
is if entire leadership of respondent resigns immediately. Foreseeing no resignation, the preponderance of the evidence conclude that petitioner and respondent are wholly incompatible and are thereby divorced. This is the Republican Party base divorcing itself from the Republican Party. Because the Republican Party doesn't stand for anything. The Republican Party is run by a bunch of progressives. Capito, Murkowski, Collins, Portman, Capito. And don't forget, did I get McCain in there? Let's get him in there twice. McCain, <laughs> Lindsey Graham, Bob Corkers has... Some squ- and don't forget Tom Tillis, who we had in the first hour, who's, by the way, going to help me illustrate some things in this hour. Uh, Tom Tillis was asked by Fox News Sunday, Chris Wallace, hey, you know, the Obamacare repeal and replace effort is dead. By the way, it only became repeal and replace the last couple of years. It was repeal for the first five years since its inception. Replace came in as the Republican Party got wind. They may be in charge. So Tom Tillis, again, establishment Republican guy from North Carolina, was asked, hey, since you Republicans have failed to repeal Obamacare and get in a suitable replacement, a free market-based replacement, uh, are you going to work with Democrats to do something? Are you willing, because it seems now that repeal and replace is dead, to work with Democrats to try to find ways to help deal with the immediate problem, to stabilize the Obamacare marketplaces. And how would you respond to conservatives who may say, hey, look, instead of trying to repeal Obamacare, you're going to work now to prop it up. Now, before Tillis answers, look at where the conversation has devolved. This law is incredibly harmful to the country, has an ever-increasing price tag. Nearly a third of the country has no choice in the Obamacare exchanges. Premiums are going up. Deductibles are going up. Cost for employers skyrocketing. And that is counter to everything this law was passed and promised to deliver. Remember, like your plan, keep your plan. Like your doctor, keep your doctor. Save $2,500 per year on your premiums. Those are the promises. Echoed by resident Obama, or I've said by President Obama, and echoed by his political party in unison. So Tom Tillis is asked, so, you know, what do you say to those conservatives, Mr. Tillis, that saying you're, you're going to prop up Obamacare? Well, I think that propping up a failed platform is problematic. Problematic? Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. This is a failing system that is harming Americans' job creation and not to mention the medical industry. And it's only all of your constituents, Mr. Tillis, and the nation. It's only us. I think that's a little bit bigger than problematic. Because guess what? How do you prop up Obamacare? How do you prop it up? That's right. More money out of our pockets. Or more to the point, more borrowed money from this government to saddle your children and grandchildren with for the temporary convenience of today. 
selling your children and grandchildren up the river. Real special response there, Tom Tillis, Republican, North Carolina. To prop it up. Well, I think that propping up a failed platform is problematic. I'm willing to look at anything that may soften the blow as we continue to convince our colleagues on the other side of the aisle and some in in my own conference that we have got to fix this problem. (laughs) So let me get this straight. You're willing to give billions of dollars so you can have more time to convince the John McCain's of the world, the Susan Collins of the world that Obamacare socialism is a failed model. Sir, with all due respect, Senator Tillis, you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of, com- of convincing Senator McCain or Senator Collins or Lisa Murkowski that socialism is a failed model. You have no damn prayer. And if you're thinking about convincing Democrats, single payer is what they're after. So who are you BSing here, Mr. Tillis? Either you are woefully ignorant, sir, or you're just trying to BS the American people another broken promise, Mr. Tillis, right? Oh, we'll just spend, we'll just get billions more right now, no problem, and then sooner or later we'll be be able to convince these leftists like John McCain and Lindsey Graham and and Shelley Moore Capito and Lisa Murkowski and Rob Portman and Susan Collins that socialism is the oh yes and the entirety of the Democrat Party that socialism is the wrong way to go. Who are you kidding? I was born on a Tuesday, sir, but not last Tuesday. I will continue to support a a measure that would go through reconciliation, the 51 vote threshold. I'm willing to look at what the Democrats may be willing to offer. The problem is the going in position seems to be nothing more than nipping around the edges at a failed Obamacare platform. And we simply can't do that. We can't sustain it. It will it will continue to destabilize the markets. And I think it will put people at risk far more so than what we tried to get done two weeks ago. So by all means, let's throw more money at it. Let's go ahead and throw more money into a failed system. I just I don't get the reasoning. Now, another issue. The debt ceiling. Tom Tillis, again, establishment Republican type, North Carolina, was asked about passing. Now, you guys know what the debt ceiling is. The debt ceiling was put in place so our government was supposed to get our government to have to go back to the American people and rationalize why they were raising it every single time they overspent, which they've been doing systematically for decades, overspending. It's been pretty much a formality now. Now, he's going to be asked about a couple of things I want to drill down into. Listen to this. One of the things that you have to do when you get back is to raise the debt limit of the country is going to default on its obligations for the first time in history. Are you willing to pass a clean bill without attaching any spending cuts to Are you a clean bill, meaning no spending cuts, no restraints on future spending, on future spending to pass a clean bill without attaching any spending cuts to it yes if yes he is he is right off the bat yes i definitely will sign that bill now listen to the rest of his statement yes if that's what's necessary i hope that we can get to spending cuts so yes definitely i will sign an increase on the debt ceiling 
And hopefully, I hope and pray, we can get to, you know, uh, spending restraint. They've been, uh, they've been trying to get to spending restraint for about 30 years, folks. You think it's about time? I've got more on this on the other side of the break. Uh, by the way, I brought up our, our divorce decree at the top. There's another guy who's taking it a lot more seriously than I am. There's a guy out there who is suing the Republican Party because of their broken promises. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. Reminding America that limited constitutional government is cool. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you willing to pass a clean bill without attaching any spending cuts to it? Yes. If that's what's necessary, I hope that we can get to spending cuts. At the end of the day, Chris, the American people need to know all we're doing is saying that we're going to we're committed to paying our bills. This isn't about new spending. This is about agreeing to pay for the obligations that have already been made, many of which, incidentally, I disagree with. We shouldn't be spending the way we're spending in this country. The American people know that the reason why we have to raise the debt ceiling is because People in Congress have no mind toward fiscal restraint. The Republican Party is not talking about cutting spending. The Democrat Party never talks about cutting spending. Nobody has a mind toward fiscal sanity in Washington, D.C. The American people get it, Senator Tillis. We understand that it's because you guys spend more than we give you in taxes. We get it. What agreeing to spending cuts does, sir is it prevents in the future us getting to this point. It puts us on a trajectory back downward so that we are spending only what we bring in, Senator Tillis. That's why people who have a mind toward fiscal sanity say, if we're going to raise the debt ceiling, we must have an equal amount of cutting of spending to help blunt this rapid increase, this insatiable increase. Of government. It's and a lot of the investments in government are wasted, sir, on failed programs, sir, that your side, your Republican Party doesn't have the guts to cut. Because they've been given some stupid name that has no no resemblance to what it actually does. Well, you can't. It's the, the, the Child for Sainthood and Nutrition Act. What are you against God and feeding children? And all it is is some Ponzi scheme for some left winger to skim off the top. Ugh, it's so frustrating. So there you go. You have Tom Tillis saying, well, yeah, I'll vote for a clean debt ceiling increase. If that's my only choice and the way the Republican Party is caving to everything the Democrats are doing, that's going to be the only choice. But I really don't want to do it, says Tom Tillis. And 
dollars to donuts, folks, there'll be tons of senators out there in Congress. I really don't want to do it. Oh, I, I mean, I, I would much prefer to do some spending cuts, but, you know, this is the best we can do. We need super majorities now. <laughs> First it was, well, just give us the House. We'll, we'll take care of it. Well, just, just give us the House and the Senate. Okay, well, give us the House, the Senate, and the White House, and then, you know, we'll get America back on the right track. How's that all working out? Another example from Tom Tillis. Again, establishment Republican type. So-called Republican from North Carolina. On with Fox News Sunday was asked about tax reform. This 75,000 page insult to America's intelligence. This 75,000 page monstrosity full of Carve-outs to crony capitalists everywhere. We need it to be reformed. We need it so that uh, it's simple. So you can do it on a postcard. Because the American people, after decades of enduring this piece of crap, and that's what Washington, D.C. has gifted us. The tax code is a piece of crap. Courtesy of the Republican and the Democrat Party. So America has earned a break from this piece of crap. And Tom Tillis is asked about it. We did tax reform in North Carolina. It's had extraordinary results. We have to do it for the nation. It's a promise we made and it's a promise we need to keep. Um, anybody see anything or hear anything wrong with that statement let me replay it again we did tax reform in north carolina it's had extraordinary results we have to do it for the nation it's a promise we made and it's a promise we need to keep oh you mean like the promise you made on obamacare you mean like that one i mean actually it's just like that one isn't it senator tillis isn't it uh if you're driving folks don't do this, but show of hands out there in the my beloved Chris Salcedo show audience. How many of you have faith in the Republican Party? They'll do a, a damn bit of anything that is to the benefit of us. I, I have no confidence. Zero confidence. Uh, this, the majority of this Republican Party is, de- is dedicated to joining their Democrat friends and stopping Donald Trump. I'm Every day that goes by, I'm more firmly convinced of that. And I hope the voters let them know that you guys see it too. This inability to deliver for the American people isn't lost on a lot of Americans, in particular this guy in Virginia. A Republican donor, writes The Hill, in Virginia has filed a lawsuit against the National and the Virginia Republican parties, accusing them of fraud and racketeering for raising millions of dollars in donations knowing they wouldn't be able to repeal Obamacare. His name is Bob Hegman. And he's suing because the Demo- or the Republicans, sorry, it's hard to tell the difference, the Republicans promised for seven years they're going to repeal Obamacare and didn't follow through. Now he wants his money back. And there's talk of making this thing a class action lawsuit, folks. I think I'd join. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you willing, because it seems now the repeal and replace is dead, to work with Democrats to try to find ways to help deal with the immediate problem, to stabilize the Obamacare marketplaces? And how would you respond to conservatives who may say, hey, look, instead of trying to repeal Obamacare, you're going to work now to prop it up? That's uh, Chris Wallace asking a question of, of Tom Tillis and giving his impression that the Republicans have abandoned this idea of repealing Obamacare and leaving us subjected to it. Let's talk about this and many other things with Dr. Dennis Durrell. He's a physician, National Medical Director of Acute Services for IPC Healthcare. He's the author of this book, Your Healthcare Playbook, Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. Doctor, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Thank you. Good to be here, Chris. All right. First off, as you heard, the GOP has been sending strong signals that they want to abandon America to the ravages of Obamacare. And now uh, the likes of John McCain are saying we must team up with Democrats, those who inflicted Obamacare on the United States to uh, to prop up Obamacare. Can they save this law, Obamacare, without harming the U.S., in your view? Yes, I think they can, but they're going to have to be very strategic about it. They weren't able to do it inside their own party. I mean, let's just agree. They took half a year or almost eight months to try to get it through the House. They did get it through the House, couldn't get it through the Senate. Now they need to take a step back and call a timeout. They do need to make some quick fixes to the exchanges. They're going to get blamed for this either way. Now, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they're going to have to do it in a bipartisan way. I think ultimately bipartisan is better, but you cannot go to the table without being very strong about certain things you want to negotiate with. And if they don't agree to do those, then go back and do it just with inside your party. So I think it's an opportunity, and I do think they can get something done. Then they're going to have to do more uh, down the road, but they need a temporary fix to the problem that Americans are facing now. Now, l- let me ask you about that, because you understand what Obamacare is. It's it's socialized sure. medicine. It's it's uh, the taxpayers of the United States subsidizing and giving massive amounts of money to insurance companies. Uh, and, and their rates can can be relied upon to continually go up and up and up and up and up and then in- ever increasing the burden on the American taxpayer. So. In your view, is is this is this viable for the future of health of health care in the United States to continue this failed model? No, not in the long term. But we're in the mess today. Like I said, patients are on the edge of the cliff. You know, I didn't choose this. It took seven years for the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare to get here. So you got to you got to look at it this way. They need to do something for Americans in the mess. Then they need to set up a way to do it in a better fashion with private competition, with health savings accounts and all the things we've spoken about. But I think they need to, at this moment, give some help to the insurance companies. They're contractually agreed to do it and then set up a path to getting away from it. And I think that can be done, but they're going to need to do something in the short term. But no, I do not agree with the strategy of giving more money and then they charge more for health care. And it's unsustainable. Dr. Dennis Durrell is our guest right now, folks. Physician, National Medical Director of Acute Services for IPC Healthcare. And the book is Your Healthcare Playbook, Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. I'm assuming that your book uh, assumes that there is a free, a free enterprise system in medicine rather than uh, a state-controlled one. And that kind of leads to my, 
my final question, doctor, is that we look at socialized medicine countries like Canada and the UK and, and others. And, and what they have is a two-tiered system where you have the very wealthy and the very rich. They get to partake in high-quality, very expensive, but high-quality health care. And the rest of society, the, the middle class and the lower classes, are relegated to subpar medical care. If we continue on this trajectory, is this where we're headed in your view? Well, I hope not. But if we try to go to single payer, we will be headed towards something like that. But I would say this, even countries like Switzerland, in the Netherlands, Canada, they have, you know, they pay some component of their health care still out of their own pocket. And they've created some private component to most of these systems. And so let's latch on to that and say, why don't we keep our private system but have a safety net and that way we can actually give Americans choice. I do not agree with single payer. I think that we will lose much of our innovation, not to mention 160 million get their insurance through their employer. You'd have to completely unwind that system. And so I hope we're not on that path. A lot of physicians don't want to be on that path. If we try to go with single payer, you're going to see a lot of people, uh, I think, uh, rise up against it. Yeah, and what, and what about this idea of a catastrophic loss policy insurance that is paid for by the government that that way no one will ever have to will ever have to worry about going broke because they get the catastrophic diagnosis or get hit by a bus or something like that and and once the market is restored catastrophic loss policies are incredibly inexpensive yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that we should have some form of incentive, a carrot, to get young people and healthy people to buy these plans, make them catastrophic. Give, In fact, I would give them a discount if they agree to be assigned to a certain insurance pool to help that pool. Let's do some auto-enrollment where they could opt out. I believe that most Americans should get that catastrophic plan, and then you could layer a health savings account, even where you give them a certain amount of cash for their out-of-pocket if they're lower income. And that kind of system, I think, could work very well, and we should at least have that in place. If you want to buy more insurance, go ahead. I mean, that's the American way. Yeah, and then, and of course, when you buy or you get old enough to uh, buy your own insurance or get it provided by your health uh, or by your uh, workplace – then uh, the government's responsibility would go away and uh, they could stop paying on that. Dennis Durrell, everybody, he's a physician, National Medical Director of Acute Services for IPC Healthcare, and the name of the book, Your Healthcare Playbook, Winning the Game of Modern Medicine. Sir, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Love to be back. Take care. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Telephone number, folks, you want to weigh in, is... I just just lost the phone number. (laughs) It was sitting right here in front of me. 888 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Uh, Maxine Waters went on a bit of a, well, she went off the deep end last week on, on The View, and I, I wanted to address it. Maxine Waters, she was in very friendly territory, you know, with all of the, with Joy Behar and all those folks who, you know, rule of law be damned, as long as they can get rid of those with whom they politically disagree. So here's Maxine Waters applauding felonies happening in the government, making us less safe uh, by government officials who are leaking on Trump. We have to be bothered by these 
phone conversations, these confidential conversations that he had with Mexico and Australia that were just illegally leaked to the Washington Post. There's a lot of Democrats that are disturbed by this because it threatens our national security. Are you disturbed by it? No, not at all. <laughs> I am so glad they're telling us what's going on. And but it, we don't need to hear these conversations. They're confidential. This I threatens national security. I need to hear security. these conversations. I need to hear. So Maxine Waters, a sitting member of Congress, saying she needs to hear these conversations and they need to keep on getting leaked. Encouraging those who are of her mindset, let's be honest, those who are just like Maxine Waters inside of the federal government who are leaking, yes, they're doing damage to Trump, there's no doubt about it. But they're also, they're also harming foreign countries and also harming our own country as far as national security is concerned. Unfortunately, this is his problem. He is in a White House where he's got people working for him that don't believe in him, don't like what he's doing, and they're trying to tell the American public They're whistleblowers. Yes. They're not leakers. America loses here. Oh, Joy Behar. They're whistleblowers. Well, what have they blown the whistle on, Joy? When you hear the transcripts being released on the conversation between Mexico and, and Australia, the leaders of those countries. What, what exactly do the American people need to know? Well, they found out that Donald Trump very much cares what they think about him. He also recognized some of the pitfalls of getting Mexico to pay for the wall. And we've all given him suggestions on how he could do that. But what exactly of national import are we learning? The only thing that we're learning, Joy Behar, with no due respect, is stuff that that affirms your personal dislike. There's no threat to the nation that's being unveiled by and large. Though he cannot have a candid conversation with the leader of another country, They're, Mexico's not going to want to have a conversation with us anymore because it could get leaked. Australia, countries are not going to want to get on the phone with the leader of the free world. No, let me tell you something. Mexico is glad to have it leaked. And I tell you why he tried to convince the president uh, that somehow he should not be talking about the fact that they're not going to fund this wall. And he's trying to convince him to go along with him to do harm to his country. And isn't it- ah, Maxine Waters letting out a bit of truth. Maxine Waters knows that if that wall gets built and illegal immigration is stopped, it will do harm to Mexico. And why would it do harm to Mexico, my friends? It would do harm to Mexico because Mexico has made an industry of not only exporting their poor over to the United States to get jobs and send money back, but it's a twofer for Mexico. They don't have to create a competitive atmosphere for their people. And they don't have to take care of their people because you know welfare over in Mexico doesn't exist to any meaningful degree. And so they get to offload their poor They don't have to take care of them. The poor gets work up here in the United States and sends money back to Mexico. All illegally. And Maxine Waters just admitted to it. That if you stop illegal immigration, it harms Mexico. Mexico profits when American laws 
are disobeyed. Good yes. that his supporters hear that. They've Absolutely. been believing in all the lies about building the wall. Now Absolutely. they know he's been lying. And they know that, that the American leak, taxpayer is going to yeah. pay if, for if it. If this leak can percent. happen, if this leak can happen for this president, that means that it can happen for any president. And, and other countries will look at us and say, you know what? The United States of America as a whole is not a secure place where we can handle no, Obama. No, you have people from Obama. It didn't happen to Obama. Do you guys... Joy Behar is is probably an, is probably one of the more incredibly stupid women, and the only, only one on that set was more stupid was Maxine Waters. The, the leaks in the Obama administration happened. Joy Behar, as a matter of fact, your boy Obama tried to indict, tried to charge James Rosen of Fox News with a crime because he was doing his job, harassed his parents. They they tapped the phone records. Of the Associated Press, Joy Behar did the Obama administration. Don't you remember? Don't you remember any of this? In a rare display of unity, all news agencies decried the chilling effect the Obama administration was having, pledging to go after journalists. No. Administration coming out and saying, no. "I would go crazy if this were happening." No. But let me tell you. Dangerous. Let me tell you. The leadership starts at the top. Yeah. Right. Dan Bongino put this in uh, perspective for everybody. This is illegal, fraudulent, criminal activity from a bunch of fakes inside the government that don't have the guts to go on the record and actually face the consequences for their illegal actions. You know, Maxine Waters is a fraud, and and I don't use that term lightly. I I can prove it to you. She's an actual fraud. And we'll get that proof on the other side of the break. It's Chris Salcedo's show here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, Maxine Waters is a fraud, and and I don't use that term lightly. I I can prove it to you. She's an actual fraud. Maxine Waters swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States, right, guys? Like, I'm not not wrong here. You raise your right hand, you swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States. You know, Dan Dan Bongino's right about that, that for Maxine Waters to go on television and applaud felonious activities it's a betrayal of the oath she took but it shows you how seriously her political party takes that oath maxine waters swore to uphold the constitution of the united states right guys like i'm not i'm not wrong here you raise your right hand you swear to uphold the constitution of the united states when you were elected to the house of representatives she's then suggesting on a national television show that people should violate the law, violate the Constitution of the United States and break the law, destroy our efforts in international diplomacy to advance her sick political agenda for impeachment for a crime that doesn't exist. I mean, this is this is the definition of insanity. This woman should be embarrassed. She should be laughed off the political stage. It's, it's amazing what's going on. But she's not. As a matter of fact, there's a report out there. Some Democrats are observing that she could be the next speaker of the House. If the Democrats take over control in 2018 and because of the way the Republicans have been behaving, it's it's looking increasingly likely that that will happen. But uh, I was looking at James Woods Twitter account and he commented on this story that Maxine Waters could be the next speaker of the House. He said only if there's a God. <laughs> I would love to because Maxine Waters 
is is a, typifies, I would say, the the modern incarnation of the Democrat Party. I, I really do believe she does. His motives and his actions are contemptible. I'm sorry. What what did she say? His motives and his actions are contemptible. <laughs> contemptible. Uh, I, I said that there was only one more person that was a little more loopy than Joy Behar, and that was Maxine Waters, folks. See you tomorrow. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs>